0: Greetings and welcome to the pod, my name is Mark West, sorry it's been a little while since the last episode, I've been off doing stuff, but this week at the start of the Australian summer we're looking at one of the most important aspects of beach going, rips. Rips claim an order of magnitude more lives than shark attacks and are arguably the most dangerous facet of going to the beach. Associate Professor Rob Brander, also known as Dr. Rip, is a coastal geomorphologist who studies morphodynamics. More on that in a minute. But he has a particular interest in rips and the safety of beachgoers. He runs a beach education program called Science of the Surf, and one of the cool things he does is publish a rip of the month. Coming into summer, listen in as Rob lets you know how to spot a rip and what to do if you're caught in one. I started by asking him what exactly is morphodynamics.
1: A geomorphologist is somebody who studies the processes that create different landforms. So a coastal geomorphologist, I study coastal processes that create coastal landforms. And morphodynamics is a theory that explains uh, how uh, the shape or the morphology of of coastal landforms are influenced by the, the hydrodynamic processes like waves and currents and how they drive sediment transport. And how it's all linked together. So, if you change the morphology, you change the waves and currents, and that alters the um, the sand moving around. And it's like a big feedback loop. So, that's what I do. I try and study how, how these coastal systems work, and if you change them, how it's affected. And
2: your accent gives you away. You're originally from Canada. How does someone from Canada get into surfing?
1: Yeah. Well, I I started doing physical geography when I was an undergraduate um, at the University of Toronto, and and the lecturer was a coastal geomorphologist, and and his stuff really interested me. So I ended up working with him, um, doing his field work in the summers, and that involved beach experiments and diving and stuff. And then I did my master's there, and then I, I came across, after that I went backpacking to Australia, and I was looking for a PhD, and one of the guys from Sydney Uni took me to a local beach in Sydney, Bronte, and he started pointing out these rip currents, um, which I I. I would studied, but I hadn't actually seen one, and that just got me interested in rips. And to make a long story short, I came back a year later to do my PhD on rips. Oh, do you
2: live in Tamarama, or are you, you're a member of the Surf Life Saving Club there? So that's uh, that's still pretty close to Bronte.
1: Yeah, no. When I came uh, when I came back to do my PhD, I just lived in a shared house in Tamarama, and then sort of a long story. But I I managed to become the caretaker. I joined the club, at Tamarama, and then I became the caretaker. So I lived there for. About three and a half years, basically wrote my PhD um, in the back room there, and and now I'm a life member. But you know, we've we moved away from the Eastern Suburbs about five years ago, but still love those beaches. Oh, they're beautiful. Well, the Bondi to Bronte's on
2: the weekend, it swims past Tower oh, right. Beach, okay. so okay. known as Dr. Rip, and you're throwing purple dye into the beach at, uh, at Tamarama. What, uh, what does that do? What does throwing dye into the water do?
1: Well, when I was doing my PhD, I was studying under a guy named Andy Short, and Andy Short is a bit of a legend in the coastal world. He was a coastal scientist, coastal geomorphologist, and he used to take me on his student field trips here, and he'd release dye into rip currents for educational purposes, and I thought that was quite powerful, and I ended up using dye for some of my experiments in my PhD just to see where the rips were and what they were doing. And then I thought, well, you know, why, why restrict that just to science and, and education? It's, it's, it has a great educational benefit for people. So when I started the science of the surf, um, back in 2001, it started at the surf club at Tamarama and I'd just give a talk, a, like a PowerPoint presentation and, and finish up by putting dye in the rip. And and that was what interested people. I think mm-hmm. the, the media got into the dye, and and that's where it all started, really. So what is a rip? I mean, technically, what, what is a rip? Yeah, a rip is like a, a river of the ocean. And it's uh, a strong, narrow, seaward-flowing current that normally um, is channelized. And it sort of starts from the beginning of the beach and, and goes out through the surf zone. And, um, and it's there to take all the water that's brought... Uh, shoreward by the breaking waves back offshore. So it's like a machine. It's it's there to get that water back offshore And if you've got Channels in between the sandbars, and it just gets funneled and uh, and it can be they can stay for quite a while
2: Yeah, because it, it it I think I read on, on one of your pages somewhere it's an, it's an interesting idea all this water
1: is being brought to the shore in waves. It has to go back Somehow it has, to, it has to go somewhere. I mean when you get really long beaches like if you go up northern New South Wales and Queensland um often the 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 main currents are flowing along the beach so you get this steady longshore current you still get rips but uh the water's got to move around so rips are just the main way of of getting water back offshore and and they're ubiquitous if you've got a surf beach you know you got sandbars and waves um you're gonna have rips um and that's in australia and around the world i guess podcasts not the best medium for this but how do you spot them yeah, so that's one of the things I try, and that's my main motivation: is getting people to spot them. And I think, to me, it's it's logic, there's some logic behind spotting them because the most common type of rip current sits in these deep channels. So water, deeper water is always darker, and less waves break when the water is deeper. So if if you look at the surf, if you're like standing at the headland of Bondi and looking along the beach, what you're looking for are these patterns where, you know, you've got white water everywhere. Um, where it's breaking and then you may have these narrow green gaps maybe 10 15 meters wide kind of heading out like a dark path through that white water so i've got this saying that white is nice green is mean because the white water means it's shallow green is mean because that's deeper water and it could be a rip but if you get in the habit there's other clues i mean the rips take water out whereas waves bring it in so there's always this constant interaction and the surface of the rip um, always looks a bit bumpy and ripply looks a bit different and also, some of these rips that are channelized can get stuck in the same place for days, weeks, and months, and they can actually start to scour out and, and erode a little embayment along the beach. So there's all these visual clues, and and at the seaward end of the rip, you know, it's spewing out seaweed and sand, and you can see these turbulent clouds at the ends of rips. But you know, you need to know what to look for, um, and and I think once people are told what to look for and they see some examples, then they start to get it. I saw that now that.
2: Uh Qantas is putting things in in-flight video in flight uh, Welcome videos for international flights on what to look for is that uh, that that's thanks to you in part isn't
1: it? Uh, I don't know if it's thanks to me But um, I know that surf life saving has done that which is fantastic And I'm not exactly sure what the content is and what the messages are It doesn't matter Anything's better than nothing, but I know it's been a constant struggle for a long long time to get anything on the planes so what they've done, surf life saving, is, is, is impressive to get it in there. Anything's good. Yeah, well, it was an interesting stat that well, I guess it's roughly, it's
2: about 10 times more people die from rips than than shark attack over the last, I think, 15 years or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's probably higher than that. I mean, on average, in a typical year, you get about, say, 20 confirmed drownings in rips in Australia. Uh, it's probably higher than that, actually. And in, in a typical year, you get one shark fatality, maybe a couple. So I guess 10 times, but it's it's a lot more a lot more Yeah, Yeah, order of magnitude and so what should you do if you get stuck in a rip? Yeah Well, I guess the the universal thing is not to panic and and that's what we all say Of course that's easier said than done when the beach is disappearing and and you're having trouble um, Getting out of it, but panics the key panic is what drowns people rips don't pull you under they don't take you to the opposite side of the ocean Um, but panic affects your breathing and you can drown in 30 seconds. So that's the key thing is we want to tell people to to not panic. And, and that's one of the challenges at the moment, I think, is how do we convey that message, um, in a way that reduces the panic response. So I sort of tell people it's a ride, you know, rip is just taking you for a ride. That's all it is. Um, and while you're in that ride signal for help, But, but that's what drowns people. Um, the other thing, of course, is don't swim against the rip because they float pretty fast. And, you know, if you're not a good swimmer, you're not going to make it. And you're just going to tire yourself out and then you're going to panic. And then there's always this, this, you know, the long-standing advice, swim parallel to the beach, which sometimes works. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, you have to be a pretty good swimmer. And then the final one is just stay afloat and, and, and conserve your energy and, and signal for help. But, but there's no one single other than don't panic there's no one single piece of advice in terms of what you should do, uh, you know, swimming parallel or floating that works in all cases. Um, rips are far
2: too complex. And I guess the really good ocean swimmers can probably spot them and then use them to, for their advantage.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, surfers use them all the time. Ocean swimmers use them all the time. Body surfers use them all the time. You know, I'm always jumping into rips, but every now and then you'll jump into one that's a bit stronger than you thought. And you think, Oh geez, I probably shouldn't have done that. But, um, yeah, once you understand how they work, you, you can use them. So you're a pretty active
2: surfer and ocean swimmer as well?
1: Um, I'd say body surfer. I used to be a very active body surfer, but when I get older with kids and, and a busy job, I don't, I don't body surf nearly as much as I used to, which was a lot. I love your uh, rip of the month uh webpage. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the only thing I update on a regular basis on that website. Just, you know, I just don't have the time, but um, that's useful and I think I've been doing it now for almost 8 years, maybe longer and you know, so you're looking at 100 plus images of different rips and I'm pretty sure that's the largest collection of photographs of rips in the world. I
2: okay, guess so yeah, into the future there might be drone images, might be able to do some auto processing of this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's already. I mean, there's heaps of great pictures coming of rips, from, thanks to drones. And but it's um it's an unusual angle, right? So most the problem with rip current pictures is most of them are taken from high up because it's easier to see the rips. But that's not how most people see the beach. Most that's people right. see the yeah. beach from on the beach. It's always harder. But you know, you just start. You just start with with pictures, but. Yeah, I mean there's, you know, there's we're trying to get grants and things like that to use drones and 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 smartphones to take images of beaches to help um map the rip rip current locations and
2: that'll happen. And so is that I was looking at your um publications on Google Scholar and there's a wide range of things there but is that is that one of the areas you're interested into the future?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um trying to get some sort of real-time mapping of rip currents going would be fantastic and it's definitely doable. Definitely doable. But there's different types of rips and and um and the ones that would be possible to map using pictures and drones would be the um these channelized rips that i've talked about because they do have strong visual characteristics are there can you instrument
2: up like buoys or some floating devices as well to, to give you that sort of information or
1: um, the only thing that something in the water would tell you is how fast the rip is flowing and and that's only going to tell you a speed at that particular location um so in terms of images no something in the water is not not really going to help that much
2: to the surf facebook page that seems pretty well
1: uh, updated yeah i'm always putting content when i can um i it's not just about rip currents it's mostly about rips but i try and put anything interesting related to coastal uh stuff on there um although these days it's all only the old people who look at facebook um, <laughs> you need a snapchat yeah i need to get into that stuff but it's it's just time and i'm quite happy for you know surf life saving and those people to to take the lead and, on social and And the book was a fun thing to write, and it's you know it's actually I got an email that it's now they've run out, so they're talking about doing another another run, but it's sold about seven thousand copies now. Oh wow! And you and you were involved in a documentary as well. Yeah, so about five years ago, a doco maker from the Gold Coast contacted me wanting to do something on Rips, and a lot of people had contacted me, and nothing ever happened, so I just sort of went along with it, not expecting anything to happen. But he did this fantastic job, and it. It came out last year on National Geographic Channel, "Rip Current Heroes." It's called, and it's brilliant. It's he's done such an amazing job. It's so powerful and educational and gripping. It's quite emotional watching it, and so that was amazing. But again, you know, not everyone has access to it. If you don't have the Foxtel channel, you don't have access to it. But it is being shown on Qantas. It was shown on Qantas last year, and it'll be shown on Qantas again this year on international and long domestic flights. And, um, it's, and we put it on YouTube as well. There's also a teaching guide, so high school teachers can access this teaching guide for free and, and show them the uh, documentary. And uh, it's, it's, it's a really amazing doco, to be honest. And you, speaking of,
2: of schools, you you work in schools doing a schools program with, with how to spot rips and that sort of
1: thing. Yeah, because I used to do my my science of the surf community presentation I did for about four or five years at various places, mostly Tamarama, But people would say, "Oh, this is great! You know, these are people who lived on the beach all their lives, and they said we never knew any of this stuff. And and why isn't it in the schools?" And I thought, well, that's a good point. You know, I, I just would have assumed it was in the schools, and and then I found out that there wasn't a lot going on. So I. I started creating this talk for schools, and um, I spent a few years talking to a lot of schools. But now, again, it's just, it's just time, and uh, I don't do as much. And, and there's a lot of really good programs getting into the schools now. Um, but again, it's not every school is getting surf education um, when I think they should be. And so maybe, maybe just to, to finish up on the
2: academic side, what, where is your research going to take you over the next few years, do you think?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I started off studying the literally the hydrodynamics, the physics of rip current flow. So putting in current meters and and really looking at the hardcore science. But now I've almost completely shifted to looking at the, the social science aspects in terms of you know what do people know and how can we educate them better and um, because I think that's that's where you're going to save lives. So my reef, you know, we've done lots of studies over the last few years looking at people's understanding of rips and beach safety. Um, I've done studies on international students. So I think in the future, I'm, I'm going to keep along this vein and getting really interested working on the issue of bystander rescues in the surf. So these are people who go in to save somebody and, and often get in trouble themselves. And, and Surf Life Saving is very interested. So we're working on that. Um, I'm getting interested in looking at uh, international tourists, more focusing on international tourists and recent migrants and, and you know their understanding of beaches and how we can get through to them so it's you know the ideas always generate but it's and i'll probably expand i'm expanding beyond rips and i'm looking at starting to look at surf zone injuries like people getting uh, injured in the in the shore break there's lots to do do you know off the top of your head what's the biggest
2: injury that uh that happens in the in the surf break do people bust their shoulders or is it just getting winded or
1: no they they um they break their collarbones they get broken bones the worst case is spinals Is I don't know the actual numbers in Australia, but there's actually quite a lot of spinal injuries, broken necks, paraplegia, people getting slammed. But a lot of it is just, yeah, you know, basic broken bones and contusions and cuts, but they're, they're serious. And, and when you look at soft, serious spinal injuries, then you've got a, a lifetime um, medical care issue there as well. So, um, so we're starting to look at different types of beaches and you know, the, the physical type of beaches and relate that to the type of injuries that occur and, and when they occur. So there's always a link um, between these things and the physical conditions. So that's what I like doing is linking the social with the physical. So we might see you on Bondi Rescue at some point soon. I've been on Bondi Rescue before, a couple of times, but uh, just briefly. But um, yeah, I haven't been asked back for a while. But I, I, I work with those guys a lot. I, I've not, you know, I, I lived at Tamarama for so long. I knew most of those guys when they were kids and teenagers, and yeah, right. we—I had a student a few years ago do a study looking at the educational benefits of watching Bondi Rescue, and um, it turns out that there's a lot, and and particularly people overseas, you know, that's how they're learning about the flags, and that's how they're learning about rips is is by watching Bondi Rescue.
0: Thanks very much to Associate Professor Rob Brander for taking the time in amongst home renovations to have a chat about RIPS. If you'd like any more information on what you've heard today, get over to the website at www.thepodpodcast.net. That's www.thepodpodcast.net. And there you'll find links to all of Rob's media that we chatted about today. Thanks for joining me. The next episode won't be so far away.